I need 21 people with Bibles to come and help me. 21 people with the Bible, each one of them with the Bible. You won't have to walk up the steps, just line across the front here. How many we got? We got 21? All right, we got 21. All right there. Wow. All right, Missy, you start off, and uh, Misty is going to read. I want you to read, find Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Next, Kimber, find Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Luke, John, no. Acts is next. 1 Corinthians. Melvin, you got 2 Corinthians. That's chapter 1, verse 1. Dan, you got, uh, what's next? Galatians? Find Galatians. Uh, Ephesians. Philippians. What's next? Colossians. Uh, what's next? Help me. 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. 1 Timothy. Ruth, you got 2 Timothy. All these are chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, Connie, you will have, what's that, Titus? You got Titus. Um, Philemon is next. Dana's got that, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, Hebrews, let's skip. <laughs> skip Hebrews. Uh, we'll take James next, chapter 1, verse 1. Um, first Peter next, uh, Ed, you got second Peter chapter one, verse one. Uh, what's after that then? First, second, and third John, no. And then Jude, Sue, you got Jude. Okay. Famous song about that. That was also, was that, no, that's sixties, wasn't it? And then last but not least, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Huh? Who'd we leave? Who'd we leave out? Uh, Ed, who'd you have? Uh, okay, what do we have after that? What? Okay, we don't want that. Then we've got uh, Jude. 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 And... That is right. That is right. Um, uh, Sue, you would have Revelation then. Yep, come right over here. Right before. Who had 1 Corinthians? Who had 1 Corinthians? All right, right there. Very good. Very good, Nile. All right. All right, are we ready to read? All right. Yep, we need a microphone. <laughs> Mike, too. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Thank you. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. Next. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. 
From Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, God chose me to be an apostle, and he appointed me to preach the good news. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother Sothenes. Keep going. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all etching. Keep going. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Next. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are also faithful in Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Jesus Christ Jesus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which is after godliness. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friends and fellow worker. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the temporary residents of the dispersion in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen. This letter is from Simon, Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who shares the same precious faith we have, that this faith was given to you because of the justice and the fairness of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, and our Savior. Jude, a servant of Jesus and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Thank you very much. Give them all a hand. You may be seated. Go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 42, verse number 3. We're going to look at a broken reed, Isaiah 42, verse number 3. God's word is this. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Father, we ask in praying, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is going to be evident upon, uh, upon your word that we brought forth this day. And Lord, it will make an impact in people's lives. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. All right, everybody, let's set up straight. You ready? Set up straight. You ready to listen? You ready to hear what God's going to say through his word today? I hope you are. 27 books in the New Testament. 21 of those books begin with Jesus Christ. Very first chapter, very first verse, Jesus is mentioned. I believe with all the, all the ills that we have in the world today, Jesus is the answer for all these problems. I really believe that. I really believe that. 2,000 years ago, Rome was the seat of all political power and military power. Still, with all that pomp and circumstance, they needed Jesus. They needed Jesus. Corinth a sensual, sexual city, so much so that Rome, if they wanted to uh, degrade someone and denigrate someone, they would say, you act like a Corinthian. That city needed Jesus Christ. The beautiful city of Galatia, which was the trade route through the Taurus Mountains, Galatia, with all of its beauty, needed Jesus Christ. Ephesus the third largest city in all of the world, needed Jesus. Today, Russia needs Jesus. England needs Jesus. Iraq needs Jesus. Iran needs Jesus. The Sudan needs Jesus. America needs Jesus. Clinton County needs Jesus. Clay County needs Jesus. Washington County needs Jesus. Hamilton County needs Jesus. Edwards County needs Jesus. Marion County needs Jesus. Wayne County needs Jesus. Everybody that we know needs the Lord Jesus, and I'm here to tell you, and if you haven't been reminded of this, be reminded of it now, deep theology will not win people. Won't do it. Won't do it. Uh, all they're doing is, is waiting and expecting a fight, and deep theology will not reach them. It's got to be penetrated within the heart, way more so than in the mind. I hear this from time to time. Preacher Shell, he's really not very deep. You know what Preacher Shell does? He fishes where the fish are at. I know a lot of people that fish real deep, and they don't catch anything. If the fish are an inch below the surface, that's where preacher shell is willing to go. If the fish are three inches below the surface, that's where preacher shell is willing to go. So you're not hurting my feelings by anybody saying, ah, that preacher, he's just not very deep. I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care about that. Orchardville Church will grow in direct proportion to how much we magnify Jesus. Amen. Simple as that. In ancient Israel, shepherds would take a reed, and Teresa done a great job here, don't tell her I said that, but uh, they would take a reed that was growing plentifully, and uh, they would bore a hole within it, or cut a hole within it, and they would play a little tune upon it. Well, probably far better than that. <laughs> but if they got tired of this reed, what they would do, they would just break it and would be done with it. The reason being was because 
there were so many all over the place, and it was just as easy, instead of repairing that, just to go and cut another one down and fix it just the way that they liked it. Not so in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus talked about the Good Samaritan, to where the Levite, seeing the guy that was half dead, seeing the guy that needed help, the Levite passed by on the other side. The professional religious person passed by on the other side. And yet, the Good Samaritan went to where he was at, and picked him up, put him on his donkey, took him to an inn, and said, here's money. If I've got to come back tomorrow and pay you more, I'll do that too. But this guy is worth fixing. That's the heart of God right there. The Bible says that he came where he was. He saw him. He took care of his wounds. And wounds can become scars, and scars are a hurt that's been healed. Everybody here has physical, emotional scars within them and all type of scars, but it is a hurt that's been healed. A bruised reed. In God's kingdom, once you've been bruised, you're now ready to be used. Preachers that have been through nothing, preachers that have experienced no heartache, preachers that have had a happy, clappy life all of their days are able to offer very little. It's somebody that's been bruised that God is able to use. When Bo Bear gave his testimony, and that's been a number of years back now, and we still got that on CD. Bo told a story that I will never forget as long as I live. He told a story of being in Carbondale, going to college, and while he was there, he was at McDonald's, which every college person, that's how they survive, I'm sure, is by going to McDonald's. But he was there at McDonald's, and he was eating the meal, and right next to his table was another table, and it was of of physically handicapped people. And as they got through eating, one man took everybody's tray that was there seated at the table, and I forget what his name is, we'll call him John. And John took their trays, he took all their garbage, and he put it together, and he started, he got up, and he started walking to the trash receptacle. And Bo said, The moment he started walking, my heart just went out to that guy. My gosh, he can barely even walk. And then Bo said, he heard something he wasn't expecting to hear. He heard the rest of those three people that were seated around that table as they were watching John take their trash to the garbage receptacle. One by one, they were all saying, Look how good John walks. Oh, if we could only walk as good as John walks. And Bo said he heard that, and it just, it just melted his heart. And I am convinced in the work of God. You will be little of no value unless first you've been bruised. 
and you've been hurt and you've been crushed. The Bible says this of Jesus, that he is acquainted with grief and he knows the infirmities that we have. And because of that, he can deal with us and help us and thank God that he can. When did Stephen in the book of Acts, when did he see Jesus at his birthday? No. When did he see Jesus? When Stephen was being married and that day he saw Jesus? No. When did he see Jesus? On the first anniversary of that wedding? No. He saw Jesus as the rocks was pummeling the life out of him and he was being bruised and crushed that day. Then he saw Jesus. I, again, and I'm the firm belief, if a person has experienced little of nothing, of any kind of heartache, they will never fully be used of God. In the Old Testament, that perfume and all the things that they use from the flower to the perfume to, to the anointing oil, everything was crushed, beaten to a fine powder. Those in the olives, they would crush that and beat that down to where it could be poured out. God is looking for the same thing today. Liz Fairchild, God bless her, she's here today and her family. She's been bruised through the loss of her husband. The Shell family has been bruised through the loss of our mom. And I'm telling you, it is a real close destination, a real close distance from being bruised to being bitter. Or... We see this in uh, one of the books of the Bible, the book of Amos, where it says he is a gatherer of sycamore fruit. You look up the word gatherer and it means scraper, bruiser. He would take that fruit and he had a device much like a comb that he could, that he could scrape across that and immediately that bitter fruit in just a little while would become sweet to taste but it had to be eaten immediately or it would become bitter. One of the books of the Bible that I absolutely love is the book of Psalms. And when David, when he writes that, when David was hungry, that's when he wrote about God's provision. When David was weak, that's when he wrote about the strength of God. When David was sad, that's when he wrote about the joy of God. When David was alone, that's when he wrote about the presence of God. When David was in danger, that's when he wrote about the protection and the provision of God. November the 9th, right here in this building. On a Wednesday night, Becky Davis spoke, and she said, for 10 years, God's been bringing me to this point. See, what God does, God doesn't just break us and throw us away. The world will do that. You ain't gonna see no get, uh, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders any of them being 65 and saying, hey, come over and try out for the, no, 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 no. <laughs> the world gets what they can out of you, and then when you get, well, no, we don't need that no more. Yeah, 
And that goes on and on and on and on and on in everything that you could imagine and think of. That's how the world works. Once when you can give nothing more to them, they will discard you and they no longer need you. I do not have a musical gift. I do have a beautiful singing voice, but, uh, and when you laugh, that hurts me. I'll let you know that. I didn't even realize what these things were called. Anybody knows what these are called? A recorder. I didn't even know that that's what they were called. And uh, I thought I could learn a little tune, and I had one of these at the church. Elaine Orr said, I can play a recorder, and she started playing a little tune. And I said, I need you to teach me that. She says, Mark, I can teach someone to play the recorder. I just don't think you can learn how to play the recorder. <laughs> and I thought, I'll show her. And I tried and tried, and she said, oh, you're blowing too hard. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And, and finally, it just come out like this. That's about it right there. That's about it right there. But, you know, getting back to the shepherd, maybe the shepherd, uh, maybe he would accidentally uh, step on it and crack it again instead of trying to repair it. It was just as easy just to do that because they're everywhere. Get me another one. And he would find another one. And he would, and I, I thought about having a bag, you know, like an Indiana Jones bag where I could just, you know, get these out as I want, but, uh, but I didn't. I didn't. <clears throat> or maybe he was running from a wild beast, and as he was running, it, it fell out, and the beast stepped on it and broke it. Really didn't much matter because these things are everywhere. Maybe he's playing one, and he leaves it outside and didn't cover it up, and the cold weather cracked it, and he just... It away. Now that's what the shepherd did. Let's see what the good shepherd would do. The good shepherd, thank God, can mend any brokenness that we have. For the most part today, I'm preaching to people that have at one time of their life been a broken reed. And thank God that he's been willing to pick you up. The good shepherd picks up the pieces. Maybe the bitter cold of a divorce has cracked you and you thought where I once was able to sing, I will no longer be able to sing and make a noise and a, and a, and a voice and a song to God, but thank God, God can pick you up again. Or maybe the howling wind of some kind of trouble took that reed and blew it down a ravine, and he thought, what's the sense, what's the use of even risking my life for that? I love the, I love the picture of the good shepherd that he's reaching over, and there's a, there's, you could tell how, how deep the ravine is. There's an eagle flying over, and the sheep, the lamb is right there, and the shepherd is down there on one knee, and he's reaching down into that ravine, and he's trying to get the, the sheep back to safety again. That's the picture of Jesus right there. 
Jesus leaves the 90 and 9 and, thank God, goes and looks for that one lone lost sheep. That's what Jesus does. I have received more cards and letters of encouragement. I'm just going to mention their names. From Mike and Debbie than I would say I have from anybody in this church. They've been real good at that. Even just today, Debbie told me that she was passing out CDs at the hospital. She said, that's a good place to pass out CDs. And said, as I had a handful of CDs and passing them out, said there were two people in the ones that I passed them out, seen who it was and seen it was you, and said, oh, I like that guy. Them were really brilliant, great people right, <laughs> right there. And she said, oh, I like that guy too. I like that guy too. One of the letters that they wrote me, Mike and Debbie, was this. Preacher, you'll never know how we have been helped, blessed, restored, replenished, repaired here at Orchardville Church. And by the way, that's Mike and Debbie Reed. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha Tom Thomason just recently on a Wednesday night said, God has so blessed me and give me more than I ever dreamed. And she said, and that George can do anything. <laughs> you know, I believe that's what God's into. I believe that God is into reaching down and putting these pieces together, and I know this is, well, I'll just say this. I'll be able to play it as good now as what I played before it was broke. <laughs> That's what God's able to do. He puts pieces back together. Thank God for that. The Bible says that Jesus, when he fed the multitude, when it was all said and done, and listen, this is just how Jesus is. He said, pick up the fragments. Pick up the fragments. They're valuable too. That's how Jesus is. The bulk of you people will never be up here and sing a song. You'll never preach a sermon. You'll never have your name on a CD. Guess how God looks at it, and I do too. You're just as important as the people that are up here. God is looking for pieces that have been fragmented and broken. I'll leave you with this. John Newton, the slave trader. What famous song did he write? Amazing Grace. Here's the last poem that after he died... They turned this into a song as well, but he wrote it as a poem, and it went like this. Jesus, my shepherd, brother, friend, my prophet, priest, and king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end, accept the praise I bring. Weak is the effort of my heart, and cold my warmest thought, but when I see you, as thou art, I'll praise you as I ought. I like that. Till then, 
I would thy love proclaim with every fleeting breath, and may the music of thy name refresh my soul in death. God picks up broken pieces and puts them back together to where they can play again. And I've told this to more, per, more than, oh, I don't know, I've probably told this to at least 20 people down through the years when they've come to me and said, I've done this terrible sin, I've done this, I, I'm discredited, how could I ever be used, how could God use? And I, and I tell people, hey, what that does, that can elevate you to a higher level of ministry than if it never happened at all. Because when something is bruised, that's when I really feel God can use. I really believe that. Again, the slick person that's never, thank God I've never been through a trial or trouble. No. Like I've always said, these women would go over years ago and go to the uh, promise keepers, not promise keepers, God help me, not promise keepers. Uh, <clears throat> no, they wouldn't be allowed to promise keepers meeting, yeah, all the men. They'd go over to the women of faith. They'd go to the women of faith meeting and come back, and it was the person who had been through hell. It was the woman who had been through hell. That was the one they all came back talking about. It's like, man, if God can get them through that, God can get me through my problem as well. Amen. Bow your heads, please. Lord God, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for your awesome grace. I thank you and praise you, God, that you do not, you do not, you do not throw us away. But, Lord, you can work with us. You can pick up the pieces. You can refresh us. I'm praying, Lord, this morning that if there's someone here without Christ in their life, that you're going to knock upon their heart. They're going to know without a doubt that you're dealing with them and you're speaking to them. God, give them the courage and help them to make that first step to you. They do that little part, and Lord God, you'll do the big part. In Jesus, we're praying. Amen. Amen. The second verse, half of that verse was the smoking flax, shall he not quench. And what that was, and you go to Israel, and they still have these to this day where you can see to where it was like a lamp into where it may have been easy just to pull that flax out that was like a wick and throw it away and get another one, but instead they would trim it and they would work with it and get it to where it would pull that oil up and be able to give off that, that light that they needed. God's saying, I don't just discard you. Thank God for that. Thank God. Thank God it's not a one and done proposition here. Where God said, oh, you, you got one chance to get this right, and if you don't, you're out of here. Thank God God will still work with us. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. <clears throat> come on, if you're here this morning and you need prayer, come on right now. Come on right now as they sing this song. Come on. Open.
with me. Lord, we're thankful for your grace. You ready? Lord, we're thankful for your grace. One more time. Lord, we're thankful for your grace. Thank God. Thank God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com 
or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. Saw Jesus.